0: Hello Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. Alright, welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. And with me today is the director of Midwest Game Fest, a convention in Kansas City, Brad Kelly. Brad, how you doing? Great, how about you? Sweating to death, man.
1: <laughs> I, hear it. I hear
0: It's it. It's the end of August 2021 and we're still hitting 100 degrees here in St. Louis. It is disgusting.
1: It is. It's pretty raunchy
0: but you're out there in kansas city so you get the you get the weather about a day ahead of us
1: yeah um i'll let you know what's gonna come uh do what i can here to help out
0: yeah i appreciate it let me... man yeah today is one of those days you just walk outside and you just start sweating it's, it's great i said that you are brad kelly and that you are the director of midwest game fest and that is kind of what you do for the gaming community what else do you do well, I so
1: I'm the castellan of the Role Players Guild of Kansas City, which is the um, nonprofit that is uh, that that hosts Midwest Game Fest. That's responsible for it, you know, the organizing body. And as the castellan, it's like the vice president, uh, but the the main role is to organize the convention. It's an elected position, you know, every year. And um, I've I've held this position for since 2015, I think, and been the organizer of the con. and... Uh, it's, uh, kind of a passing project, you know, really enjoy it, get to meet people and, uh, do cool things and play games, meet new game players, new game designers. So that's, that's kind of it, you know, in a in a nutshell,
0: you, you do get to meet a lot of cool people doing your, your job. The fact, you're elected every year means you're doing it well. No, no violent coups yet. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, you know, in, in any, in any volunteer-based uh, group,
0: it's uh, whoever
1: is around <laughs> gets the job, right? So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how did you get into gaming?
1: Well, as a, you know, the usual way, I guess. As a, as a child, we had board games. Uh, mom and dad would buy board games, play board games. Um, at that time, you know, we're looking at uh, Connect Four, Mousetrap, the Milton Bradley stuff, you know, Monopoly, all that kind of Sorry. So and then um in high school I was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons by a friend and um we ended up going to college together more Dungeons and Dragons hero system Shadowrun other games Magic the Gathering Talisman so the world sort of you know uh, ex- exploded Magic the Gathering took the world by storm everybody was playing Magic the Gathering and then after college Settlers of Catan came out so there was a there was a a con in southern Illinois in Carbondale called the uh, Egyptian campaign. And we would go there every year in college and uh, and beyond college. And we would get together with old friends and play games and people would bring new games. And that's where I've, that's where I found settlers. And it was a revelation, you know, I've never seen anything like it. The, the idea of the, you, know, you, you, everyone sort of plays until the end and there's this board and it's random. It's a random board. It's different. Every game is different. All this whole thing, you know, new horizon, like the world's exploding. <laughs> um so that was you know that changed everything and um that was sort of the the spark i think that got a lot of people thinking you know about how this how these things could be done and you know we're still seeing the the fallout from that today
0: so when did uh, did you get first introduced to Sellers of Catan? i think it was 1995 i think oh wow like the year it came out <laughs> I, I yeah so
1: um it was it was new at the time. I had never heard of it or seen it. My friend buddy brought it uh, to Egyptian campaign, played it. It was a blast. Loved it. Loved it. Loved oh it. yeah, played it for hours. Yeah.
0: First time you play it, it it blows your mind. Because now, I, I, I've been, well, yeah. Now you're like, eh, now you're like well, you well,
1: like... can I place first? <laughs> I don't, I'm not placing first. I don't want to play. Or <laughs> so. You know, it just, there's all this strategy now because you you know how it's going to go if you get boxed in and if you pick wrong and if you you know all this stuff's in your head. There's so much anxiety now on placing that first. If that the dice hate play. you
0: and there's a bunch of threes, it just throws oh, yeah. off your entire game oh, plan. No, I oh I get it, I get it. I I don't think I got introduced to it till probably 2008.
1: Oh wow, yeah,
0: yeah, and which is funny because. I got introduced to it by my cousin, and he introduced a lot of my cousins, all of us at the same time. And then I'm like talking to my brother, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been playing that game for years." And I'm like, "Why did you not tell me about this?" And my <laughs> sister's like, "Yeah, our brother told me about it." And I'm like, "What is going on with you two? Why did you it's not a conspiracy? Yeah, why did you not let me in on this amazing game? I mean, it is a, it is such an eye opener to people who don't know about." the gaming, you know, the hobby games, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you said earlier everybody knows the Milton Bradley Parker Brother Classics, the Hasbro games, you know, the the Operation and Clue and those games, but just Catan is such a different level. Oh yeah. (laughs) And
2: and even if Uh, you go
0: back and play the Shepil as winners before that they're all like really good, but again, Catan just had that mass appeal and mm-hmm. it it is still one of my top 5 games i don't care what anybody says it can stay in my top 5 for
1: ever yeah i know it's, it's a good game it's cooperative plus competitive you know and unless somebody's just being that guy uh it it can be a lot of fun you know right but if somebody if somebody purposely blocks you early in the game you know then it's like well that was a fun you know 10 minutes
0: uh well yeah i had that happen at one of the uh, monthly game event here and my friend she knows i was she knows i'm good at katan so she rolls a seven probably on the second go around and she puts the robber Mm. to block my brick Mm. yeah no sevens come up (laughs) the i I can't get a dev card to get rid of I'm like, I'm drawing like points and I'm like two thirds of this deck are night cards and I can't get one. (laughs) And I, you know, so I couldn't go anywhere. And I, it was like one of the most painful games. Oh yeah. 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 So
1: there's, there's that, right. And uh, (laughs) a lot of modern games, uh, you know, have diminished that kind of thing. Right. It's really kind of hard to, to kind of be shut down like that in most other games these days. But I I don't know, I still like that game. It just depends oh, yeah. on the people. It really kinda of depends. If somebody's willing to shut somebody down early in the game, then that just kinda of messes the whole thing up. All right. But as long as everyone's kinda of willing to to have a fun game, then it, it's it's great. And we can mash, you know, sheep into wood and we can <laughs> we can make uh <laughs> sheep out of straw, we can do all these things
0: and Well it I'll tell you though, the yeah, it's just as you're playing the game, it's just it's so great. And then I think the other thing that kind of opened my eyes with that game was just the sheer amount of expansions
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: variants and scenarios and how they've gone into like a legacy style without calling it legacy. But, you know, they've, you know, done story driven, you play this map and then you play this map with the, you know, and it's like, and this all started with just, you know, I'll give you a sheep for a wood, man. <laughs> and, and you know nobody wants the sheep. they're worthless, but now we got boats, so now sheeps have a reason to now be around suddenly
2: sheeps
1: have a, yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So if I came to your house, uh, what game is currently out on your table? What is your your flavor of the month?
1: Well, we don't keep games out. Uh, now th- there is I know there is a and D map downstairs on the table <laughs> uh, from my my son's campaign. Most of our, most, most of my you know role playing game stuff is online these days, uh, sure. or I or I travel to a friend's house or, or something like that. But I, the only thing that you would find, I mean, there's the game shelf, you know, big big shelving downstairs. But the only one that's out is a D and D map with some figs left on it and some un some unwiped off you know drawings. So,
0: yeah, roll twenty's been been uh, really good for us.
1: Yeah, uh, well, it would have been a really 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 bleak. Situation without a tool like that. And roll (laughs) twenty has has a lot to be desired, you know. But uh, by the same token, it's it's both magical and wonderful, and also somewhat infuriating, all in one package. And
0: oh yeah, the 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 random number generator is garbage. Oh my gosh, I yeah. (laughs) There's no way, there's no way I can roll that many ones. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to crit my search check, but then fail epically on my stab check. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What what was my what do I need to get through that? Oh, yeah, shoot, I can roll a 12. I mean, I'm rolling a d20 plus eight, so all I gotta do is roll a four. I rolled a what a one, stupid random number generator.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: it's really, I mean, I guess random is random, right? But boy, it sure seems like it's a real, it's a real, uh, I don't know. Uh, the other night we were, I was running Shadowrun, and um, the poor players were just rolling terribly, and the guy was rolling initiative and he in Shadowrun he got a really high initiative so he was rolling 20 he rolled 26 and then something happened and we we rolled again and he got another 26 and he rolled again and because uh, we're changing maps and when you do that the player can't see what their initiative was you can see it as a ref but the player can't see it, so they gotta roll again and he got another 26 which is like <laughs> a curiously specific you know sequence uh, to get three times in a row and i'm like what are you what's your math? What are you? And he was like, well, it's 17 plus, you know, so many D six and shadow you know, it's It's kind of crazy initiative system. And I was like, how did that come up that many, you know, three times in a row? And you're right. Something seems like it's nuts. And, but what are you going to yeah. do? Right.
0: Yeah. I'll go into a hide check and I'll roll like a 52. Cause I'm plus an outrageous amount as my rogue. And I'll do like this massive hide check, and then like my, you know, oh, he walked right by me. Attack of opportunity, and I like drop my sword. I'm like, well, that was great. <laughs> I could have just stood there, and he wouldn't. He could walk right over me and not even known I was there. But I took a st- chance to stab him, and I, you know, jabbed myself in the thigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we've been playing that at lunch. Um, so we got uh, buddy actually out in Kansas City. She's out in Kansas City. Then we've got a buddy that's in Indianapolis, and then the other three of us are here in St. Louis, and so we log on two, three times a week into Roll Twenty and at lunch and and play our D and D campaign. Wow! So D and D over lunch? Yeah. Wow! Holy mackerel. Slow and steady.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You're yeah, living we the have life. a lot of
0: fun. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, I we've been at it for about a year now. This one campaign. I mean, we're all like level. 15 or whatever so we're, we're yeah. working our way through it <laughs> but you know we're having a good time yeah so do you play board games at lunch
1: not usually right so um i used to work with a, with a guy and that was his thing and and we did um but we don't work together anymore and i've never really run into anybody and i've never been the one to say hey everybody let's i brought this game Let's play this over lunch, Uh, you know. Because I'm still in that mindset. I'm, I, you know, was uh, a a nerd from an an age when being a nerd was not something that you wanted to really let people know about. And uh, you know, uh, I, I still, you know, people I work with, if they don't know that I'm, you know, that I play D and D or Shadowrun, all these games, that's a that's a win for me. Right, I'm just happy not to bring it up. (laughs) You because know, you never know. You never know what you're going you're going to run into, and how that's gonna, what that's gonna how say that, to people. Yeah, how I'll, that's gonna no, sit. Yeah, although, and sometimes in meetings, people will, like see stuff in the background, and they'll be like, "Is is that settlers gonna or is that, uh, uh is that water deep dragon heist, or is that?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> I'm like, do you know what that is?
0: Like, yeah, I'm
1: in a campaign. I do. Okay, great. And we talk, you know. And <laughs> uh, but other, and I'm just kind of okay. cagey you about it, you know.
0: So. You like no no it's not (laughs) i'm just gonna turn up the yeah is my camera on (laughs) yeah Yeah. well i mean i you know i came from a company my last company a bunch of us just started playing games together and then we hired more younger people of course now like you were saying we grew up but it wasn't really cool to Mm. be a nerd and now they show up, and then they're like, you guys play games? Oh, man! And then they bring their games in, and now all of a sudden we've got like a... I, I laugh. I had to move my office at work, and I have like 18 games in my desk at work. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, I don't think when they gave me this cube, I was supposed to <laughs> fill all these drawers and shelves. with <laughs> But the thing is, they all, like everybody knew, you know, I kept games at work that were playable in an hour. You know? Mm-hmm. That was our big thing. Like, we wanted a game that we could get in and play in an hour and go back to work. We didn't want to have to take pictures and, or try to, you know, lie about needing the conference room for two days so so we can play it, you know, but that's so like we were, that's what we did. And that's what kind of drove me to do this podcast is I'm like, there has to be other giant nerds out there like me that want to play games with their coworkers. And I try to focus on games that you can play during an hour or lunch, half hour. So, if you had a lunch hour, sixty-minute games, what is your go-to sixty-minute game? You know,
1: um, I play quite a quite a lot of games with my family still, we, and sometimes remotely when we travel. Uh, and sometimes those games take longer than the box will say, right? So we we play a game. <laughs> oh, no. <some>, yeah. So <laughs> we uh, so Ticket to Ride or something. That I think that's like a. 30 or maybe 45 minute game. I'm not looking at the box, but it's something, you know, it's supposed to be shorter than what we take to play it. And it we'll take an hour easily, you know, to yeah. play a game of Ticket to Ride.
0: but well, Ticket, Ticket to Ride is a great game. I mean, it's, it'll take an hour. It's, you know, that's one of those games where like, you get four or five people. So all the tracks are available. Everybody's fighting for every, every track, every route and you know, you get done, and you made this gigantic circle to connect for five points. You know, you spent all your trains for five points. Well, you blocked me here, and then you blocked me there. I mean, we we played Ticket to Ride to death, it's so great. And then Splendor's, and like you said, Splendor is really good, and you can get that one. It's about a 40 minute game, depending on depending on player count. It's one of those ones that you, you wish you could get done in half an hour, so you could just shuffle it up and play it again, but you'd never. And never quite get that that 30 minute mark
1: yeah yeah so my mom sidebar and you can edit, edit this out of me too <laughs> my mom uh sweetest person you know you'll ever meet has started playing ticket to ride uh like against against the computer on like her ipad or something and so i i we get back together after she's been doing this for like a month you know playing it a lot and <laughs> She's doing. She's blocked. She's she's getting that route in Nashville. There's like that one little spot. She like starts there. She does this, and she's doing these other things. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this is a friendly game. <laughs> a friendly game. <laughs> She'll take both spots into Seattle, and I'm like, what are you trying to pull here? Uh, you know, we we're gonna. And she's like, what? I'm just playing. I just the way the game's played. I'm like, yeah, but I'm your son. She's like, I. Right. <laughs>
0: so i was like that's that's where i was going uh i've never like let my son win um my son has been legitimately whooping me since he was three years old at king of tokyo Mm. and he started off beating me like two or three straight games in king of tokyo and hasn't let up since and i don't (laughs) let up so when we play we play to win you know Yeah, yeah and then when mom gets involved every now and then i've be i'll be like come on buddy you you know that was a bad move <laughs> you know you you know you know you were helping mom out there but uh but then sometimes sometimes like he's ruthless to mom mm-hmm. and i'm like whoa buddy whoa we, we got to yeah yeah we you, she knows where you sleep man uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I understand. Is so I was saying, your mom's like, I don't let my kids win. You know, <laughs> your mom is ruthless to Ticket to Ride. I know
1: it's like that one game. She's like <laughs> a knife fighter.
0: Yeah, we got my parents playing uh, roll for it, and you know, because you can play it over Zoom. It's an easy game. You know, you set the cards out, and everybody's kind of rolls their dice. And then I got everybody playing. And I mean, everybody. Like, I feel like Wolfgang Varsh owes me some money. I got everybody playing. That's pretty clever that I know. Like everybody has a copy of that. And even my parents are like, this game is great. You know, if we play that over zoom and they're like, okay, so I left you an orange five and a green two. And it's like, man, who would have thought at the beginning of the pandemic here that I would be playing. That's yeah, pretty exactly. clever with my parents over zoom. Yeah. But, uh, so back to the, back to the questions, 30 minute game, lunch, half hour
1: um 30 minutes i would probably pick up uh it, it would depend on how many people right if it's two people i would probably play splendor um if it's more than that boy i don't know i don't know 30 minutes i would be hard pressed honestly because i we talk and chat and think and noodle and whatever you know we don't play games quickly i i you know
0: some people just don't <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah exactly um King of Tokyo, if I, if I was challenged, oh. right, to find something, I, I think King, King of Tokyo is a pretty quick game. I would probably run with that. Um, there's, uh, you know, the, an older game. Uh, well, I mean, Magic. We could, you know, play Magic all, all through lunch, you know, pretty quick. Um, there was an old game called um, Mythos that was like uh, a collectible card game centered around the Cthulhu Mythos. Um, probably get a couple of games of that in, in a half hour. So, but I don't know. So, so here's the, th- here's like the problem, right? Cause these cuts are challenging for me because at lunch I'm usually grabbing something to eat and I can I usually work through lunch, you know? And so it's one of those things where there's just so much going on that I, I find it difficult to kind of shift gears, you know, and to uh, do something else, you know? And,
0: Sure, depend. It depends on what you do during your day job. I was an estimator for a large company, so it was nice because kind of like turn that part of my brain mm-hmm. off and then turn on you know another part of my brain and go play a game with my my coworkers. Um yeah, we would we would also gravitate a lot towards like Seven Wonders. Yeah, um, that's a good game. There at the end we got into it. They got into it. I didn't. I. I find social deduction games to be kind of grating after about two plays, <laughs> because it just becomes a giant shouting match, and then everybody remembers what happened last time, and then you know it's it's like oh my gosh, and so we had to ban Secret Hitler from the office for a little while because people were yelling things they shouldn't be yelling in the middle of an office oh, setting. Oh, oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. can't be yelling. Well, no, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a fair point. Uh, social when you think about that, but like Coup would be a good quick game. Koo um,
0: is, sure is super fast.
1: Yeah, that may be a micro game, maybe. I mean, much shorter, but it's a that's a fun game, I and mean, you can get a lot of iterations of those in. Um, you know, you get a few a few fun people who can remember the roles, then it's, <laughs> you know, it's great.
0: Oh, yeah, we had Koo. Love Letter was another one we would, you know, if we had real quick hits. Mm-hmm. Love Letter and Koo were, were really good. So a, a hidden gem, guilty pleasure game. Oh, boy.
1: Boy, boy, boy! Guilty pleasure. These um,
0: these are the ones that my guests have come up with some of the most outrageous games I've never heard of, and then of course <laughs> I write I write it down, and then I go find it. And this is where I've come up, found some of the craziest games from from this <laughs> from this question. Wow. Well, you
1: know, um, I gotta tell you, I. My guilty pleasures on board games is in buying them and not playing them. Yes. So I know that's kind of sad, right? But I'll back. I got so many games sitting around in wrappers, not opened, not punched, that I'll never get to them. You know, uh, I'm a big Shadowrun fan. so I've They had a, a, a Kickstarter last year, maybe year before last, uh, for a game called Sprawl Ops. And I backed it big. Got a big old box of the game. I opened it when it showed up. And I was like, wow, this is, this is freaking amazing. It's all this cool stuff. And then I closed <laughs> the box back up, and it's still sitting on a shelf. So I don't even know how to play the game. Uh, and I don't know, it was like a hundred bucks or something, you know? And that's kind of the story, you know, I got all, you know, if you look at this, this uh, you can't see it, but there's like a big uh, closet over here with the door shut on it. And inside is games that will probably never, you know, never be picked up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the good old shelf of shame that just keeps growing. (laughs) At the start of the pandemic, I think I had like three games, two, three games on my shelf of shame. And I started this podcast over the pandemic. Um, Also, everything that I had backed on Kickstarter for like the last year just shows up. Mm -hmm. And now my shelf of shame, because of all of that, and and especially because of you guests on my show, say, oh, man, you got to go track down this game called Battle Ball. 2003, um, I've got a shelf of shame now that just it's insane, and I told my son like, "Oh, I'm not buying any more games." So he played through all of them. He's like, "Yeah, yeah that'll happen," and <laughs> we get like two games out of it, and then it's like, "Oh man, look what I found on you know," but that's also a, a, like a sign of the times, right? Like. Right now we are in a pandemic, and everybody had all this free time on their hands to clean out their closets, and people got rid of, you know, everything—clothes, board games, movies, books. So you take it. So we were joking; we would take like a tub of junk to Goodwill, and then fill it back up with stuff and bring it home. You know, yeah. like this is <laughs> this isn't this is what's supposed to happen, right? We took all these, you know, baby clothes out, but then we came back with some board games and more clothes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Were you actually gaining space? You know? <laughs> so you mentioned Kickstarter. Uh So yeah. you're a backer. Are you a creator?
1: Um. Well, not for games. I, I made a Kickstarter in 2014 for a small convention here called Bobcon. And uh, successful, you know, it, it funded, it, it did really well. And we had a great time. It was a, Uh, an event in a you know the the budget was like nothing compared to you know this other stuff you see so not really a creator but that was a that was a really fun educational project around that time I had some people in the convention world that I knew um, uh, Monty Cook was doing their their super successful you know Numenera Kickstarter back back in the back then around that time period and it was like you know like the future you know we were just going to keep funding conventions with this this process um on our end you know i mean they they, they take around 10 percent, right which on a huge yeah. budget maybe that's on our budget that was kind of a problem and so we we funded midwest game fest the same way like the following year having had experience with bobcon and it worked um it was a real hassle because of the logistics <laughs> involved of reconciling the purchases that you get from Kickstarter with your your database of you know attendees and your event system and it was a real nightmare and we were like you know what maybe <laughs> let's just not do that again and
0: <laughs> eh, um, maybe next year we don't do
1: that maybe we don't do that yeah exactly so <laughs> it was kind of a fun experiment several cons like uh, I can't con use use Kickstarter here in town uh, for a couple of years and then they had the same basic you know problem they were just like well why are we giving 10 percent every year you know we can do something else and i you don't see a lot of conventions using that anymore you know everybody's kind of figured out that 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 doesn't that's not a good model but for board games and, and real creation you know it's it's fantastic i back so much I, map sets uh, <laughs> I, you know board games that would never see the light of day you know in, in another time uh, you know and, and comic books and so much stuff it's just a yep. renaissance you know
0: yep graphic novels comic books yeah, yeah. my my latest addiction uh it's print and play just back at the print and play level i still want to support the creator but i don't mm-hmm. need your box of a game that's never going to get played i'll just take your files and put it on a hard drive and never put them off yeah yeah but yeah i mean yeah kickstarter yeah it knows where my wallet is have you played, so backing up a second, have you played a
1: game called Quicks? Speaking of like short, quick games.
0: Oh yeah, it's the a, dice game? Yeah, yeah the dice yeah. game.
1: I get a kick out of that, and that's oh. you can play that with yeah. two or four, maybe five, I don't know how many people it scales to. Uh it's it's you know, it kinda keeps your brain functioning and it uh it's very clever, you know, and there's a, a lot of more depth to it than <laughs> than you know, you would seem and it's oh kind yeah. Push your lock plus um, you know, some strategy, so Oh yeah, we played
0: Quix, uh Quinto is another one, kind of very similar. Then of course the clever games, the that's pretty clever, twice as clever and the clever cubed. Then the challenge boards for those. Then like we've I've really spun off into some crazy print and plays like these ones on Kickstarter, they're like $3. Like that's their whole oh, wow. campaign. It's like the $3 print and play and their goal is 50 bucks and it's like so it's like you can't lose. And the yeah, next thing Europe you know, like I said, the next thing you know, you got a hard drive. That's like full of <laughs> gigabytes of print and plays. Mm-hmm. It's like, my goodness. But, oh yeah. One of my, one of my latest obsessions in the print and play side is restaurant preneur by the <laughs> dark imp. And it was a mechanic of roll and write that I'd never seen before. And I, I, so I enjoy it. It's like, there's five mini games And so you roll three dice, you choose one is what game number you play. One is, then one of them is used in the game. And then the third one is you have a bucket of or pool of money. And so you choose, you know, so I'll use the play. I'll use this one for the game. I'll use the three in the game and then I'll use the five to pay for it. And then once you run out of a pool, then you're out. And you're trying to like staff your restaurant and, Get a location and build a menu and do marketing. It's I mean it's a, it's a hoot and it's just an absolute hoot. And we I play it again. It's just a rolling right. You can play over Zoom. So my buddy in Chicago plays it and he's on his lunch hour. I'm on my lunch hour. And we're rolling three dice and building the restaurant.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, sounds cool.
0: It's a lot of fun. So the director of Midwest Game Fest. What all goes into? and I mean, we don't have a limited time, but <laughs> what all goes into uh, putting on a convention? I've I put on a gaming weekend, which is no, which is nowhere close to a gaming convention.
1: Well, um, uh, there's a lot, right? And we try to delegate as much as possible. I'm not much of a very good delegator, but we do have a, a great staff. You know, people who are in charge of volunteers and. Uh, registration, and uh, the game library. So our convention is, you know, much smaller than, than something like Geekway. It's in the 700-800 person range. It It's at, um, for the last, I don't know, five years or so, it's been at the same place, Stony Creek Hotel here in Independence. It's about a 20,000 square foot uh, venue. We've got uh, probably about half role-playing, uh, a third board games, and a third miniatures gaming. So wrangling the different groups, uh, there's a live action group that does um, it's called Heroes of Rokugan. They do uh, live action and uh, tabletop um, L5R, so Legends of the Five Rings. Um, so uh, a yeah, feudal Japanese uh, fantasy genre. Uh, you know we coordinate with those guys. They write their own modules. They have their own organized play group. Uh, we we provide them space and uh, on Saturday nights they have an interactive which is everyone's in costume it's like a LARP um, and we accommodate that space we work with lots of exhibitors we're always trying to uh, you know figure out ways to accommodate needs of exhibitors and we sell out our space really really quickly and this year um, uh, you know painfully we we sold it out. Really, almost before it was open. So I went to KantCon, another convention here in town. Great convention, by the way. Cantcon here in town, K-A-N-T-C-O-N dot uh, And they, I was basically assaulted by exhibitors, look, um, you know, trying to sign up, uh, you know, for for spaces. And so we all we basically filled up there. I pits I had a map that I happened to have with me. I penciled people in. And we had agreements on pretty much all the spaces. And so then I was like, well, shucks. So we got to figure out how we're going to get more spaces because we haven't even opened this up to. And we we were combining with another event here in town called Recruits. Uh, and I knew there were going to be a lot of exhibitors who hadn't had a chance to, to get in. So we found a way to get more spaces. So it's space allotment, trying to figure out the secret sauce on the formula between what exhibitors do you want. You know, you, you don't want everybody who is exactly the same, right? You don't want uh, 20 booths where everyone's selling stickers. You want a mix, you know? And so you kind of have to figure that out. And uh, some people we have to, you know, we have to turn away or or do something else with, or maybe turn into a, some type of promotion uh, for them. Um, organized play groups, Adventures League, Pathfinder, Shadow Run, those types of things. We coordinate with those people, make sure they have tables, make sure they have what they need and uh, blood drive. We have a red cross blood drive. So we coordinate with those people, harvesters, a, a regional food bank here in town. We, we work with those guys and we're always looking for interesting kind of odd things to bring in. Um, and, you know, relationships uh, keep this kind of stuff going. And so it's just a lot of, honestly, it occupies pretty much every waking moment uh, of every day.
0: Oh, so. That's all?
1: <laughs> that's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That's
0: awesome. I mean, it's that's amazing. And I'm not as active – I'm not part of the Geekway board. I know a lot of the Geekway board here in St. Louis. I play games with a lot of – some of yeah. them. But, uh, yeah, I've never, you know, stepped behind the curtain there. and
1: See how the songs you just made?
0: Yeah, I don't know I, if I want to. Yeah,
1: honestly <laughs> –
0: If I knew now,
1: Uh, if I knew in 2014 when I was getting involved that I would never get to play a game at the convention again, I would probably not get involved because I used to go and play games at every slot the whole four days. And it was fantastic. I loved it. And then I got more and more involved and it was like fewer and fewer games got to to be played. And now it's like, I'm busy the whole con. So
0: you're sleeping when you can when you can yeah exactly no i I had a booth uh, a couple geek ways ago for my own company and yeah i i didn't play a lot of games that year you know they shut the vendor hall down at five but i was exhausted i've been talking and you know selling my wares all day long and i was tired and just kind of reached the end of the day and I think it was Saturday night. I like the guy next to me. We he's like, "Oh, I brought my prototype. But I need a break. You want to be back here?" So like, we left. Met back up at, like 10 p.m. and oh we gosh. played to like 1 a.m. Whoa! <laughs> and then we both like stumbled in Sunday morning. Like, well, we should have <laughs> met up earlier. That was kind of dumb. <laughs> but I I keep uh, hounding him about it because he was all set and he was starting to do some advertising for his game. And then, you know, COVID and he's oh, yeah. mm-hmm. just kind of stepped back and he's got to put on the back burner, but uh, you know, but I've taken the time with my business partner and we've got two games that we're getting ready to take the Kickstarter, uh, hopefully one in October and then probably the other one will be late November, early December when we run the, the second campaign. Try to get them both in this year. -hmm. Um, Really started this year. I don't know when we'll end the second one, but uh, (laughs) but we got you know it's it's different running a company than running a convention. I'm sure, but you know, like you said earlier, for us to go to Kickstarter and get the the financial start for a game, it's huge for us. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then trying to build a company around it. We had a rough go on our first Kickstarter, um, our first game. But we, we got funded, and then that's when all the problems started. And <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was rough, but we got through it. Was um, it a full, like an
1: overcommitment on rewards or what? You know, I,
0: that's typically... uh, so No, no, not at all. Uh, so what happened was we tried to keep it all local or stateside. And I was working with a company in Chicago that also was a print shop by day. So they're kind of like a Kinko's. But, you know, they had other printing capabilities and he had made a couple of his games that, you know, I bought them and, you know, did my my board game designer thing. You know, I'm looking at it and twisting it and, you know, looking underneath the hood of the the game like, okay this guy's legit. And so he made prototypes for our game that we sent out for reviews. And so it wasn't so it's a tile laying game. And so it wasn't like chipboard like everybody was expecting, but it was like a really sturdy like card stock, like pressed cardstock. Mm-hmm. And so some of the early complaints were like, you know, I wish it was chipboard. And I'm like, yeah, but this stuff isn't going to, I mean, this isn't going to bend. Like we had, we play tested it around the office more and, you know, it wasn't going to bend. Yeah. Then what happened was we released the order to him and he panicked. <sighs> And by not having to go to China, by having it be you know I'm in St. Louis, this guy's in Chicago. He's four and a half, five hours straight you north. Could,
1: you could literally drive there, get get product, and bring it back if you absolutely needed to. Yeah.
0: yeah. So even worse, my business partner is a, was a project manager of a job in the Chicago area.
2: So he so was going to be there.
0: So he was just going to be up there and just mm-hmm. borrowed a truck from his brother, and was just going to take all of it, throw it in his truck, and drive back with well, the guy oh, panicked. Yeah. And we got enough to get through Geekway and start the, the fulfillment process. And then we found out that the quality was just not there. Oh, it's a man. square tile game, and when they're not square, and when you're missing bleed and you're cutting into tiles, they're not matching up. Yeah. So then we had to stop, find a new production, had to go to China.
1: Oh man, yeah.
0: Um, which you know, had we gone there in the first place, we probably would have. We would have been fine. We would have yeah. totally blown our quick turnaround. But that was the other thing: is we had a quick turnaround because the guy was, the you know, five hours up north, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. we were good to go. And so then we had to find him, you know, China. Then we had to learn all of that stuff because we didn't bother learning any of that stuff because we didn't have to learn it, right. Then the game weighed more, so it went from one pound to two pounds, and so now it wow, went from this is $3 like a, this, to... is,
1: this is like the worst, this is like the nightmare scenario. Yeah. For,
0: uh, oh, absolutely, it... no, no question. Um, because we went from like three pa- or three dollars a game to eight dollars a game, so we lost five dollars to ev- for every game we mailed out. Oh my god. Yeah, it it just like it was just compounding problems, you know. Yeah, but yeah. in the end the game that we we got into the hands of our backers was a better quality game. You know, a more... I don't say better quality. That's not right. It was a more traditional quality. Mm. So instead of, you know, the so they all came on like the the cardboard carcass, the, you know, six tiles per punch out and everything. And so, yeah, it wasn't a overcommitment on stretch goals or not understanding you know, any the we ha- had it worked the way we intended it to work, or had we just gone to China in the first place, we would have been fine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Instead we came out uh, about three thousand dollars in the hole. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
1: Well that could have been worse. So three th- you know three thousand you can you can make, <laughs> you can man it's like a
0: learning learning experience, <laughs> right? It wasn't like I like you said. It wasn't a uh, overcommitment on something. We didn't promise metal coins that screwed us or something like that. It just it was it, it was one of those things that once the problem started, it was like you just couldn't plug all the like it wasn't you couldn't plug the hole and move on. It was you you know the old cartoon you plug this hole and then this hole open yes, and then exactly, yeah. and then you, you've only got so many fingers and arms and legs and toes. But you know we got through it. Uh, We learned a lot, and since that time, you know, met up with other people and other groups, and so we've had a lot of fun. And the next game that we're going to do, we're going to go, you know, straight from China to begin with, and then the next, then the following game, which is an eighteen-card game, and so we're going to run that probably straight through the Game Crafter, because Mm -hmm. the Game Crafter is really stepping their game up they're about halfway to where they need to be. I'm like, man, if they would just bite the bullet and just and just go for it. They I think that they I think what they do is they look at the bottom line, right? And they're like, it's going to cost us let's say 10 million dollars to get everything production-wise to compete with China. And I'm like, yes, but your ROI on that is going to be so fast. So you're going more. to be you're going to be booked so fast, you yeah, And but they look at that that big big red number and they're like, ah, oh. you know. And well, I'm like, I don't yeah, want to say you guys spend money to make money, but man, I they're not hurting doing what they do now. And I'm like on competing with Panda and all that. Man, you could they could slaughter.
1: I think he had the fear of God put in him uh with uh the tabletop events uh you know, refund problem from last year and eating all those uh, event cancellation fees and um you know, I, I maybe he had, I haven't talked to him in forever, but uh that could be what's going on, you know. Uh because all this is still you know, we're still in the middle of all this. It's not over.
0: But Yeah. Unfortunately it is not all over. We won't go into the politics behind that because nobody wants to listen to a board game podcast talking about the politics of of that. But it is not all over, um, which is unfortunate. So the convention scene is just starting to open back up right now. See See what's going on. Yeah, see, see, there's a lot going on, and Geekways like very beginning of October. So we'll see.
1: Well, good luck. I I wish (laughs) you luck. It's it's exciting to you know hear about these projects and. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a a game maker. Yeah. Like you, like you said, game, game We have several, there's a a group in town of of a consortium of independent game developers. And a lot of them rely on game crafter, you know, and kind of like what you were saying, they, they, they don't have the capacity to really get the price, you know, down where it really needs to be for that to, to that to make sense. Right. I mean, it makes sense in small quantities, print on demand. They, it kind of makes sense, but like, for the price points to be what they really need to be, it needs to be dramatically lower. Dramatically lower. Yeah.
2: It's I, exciting I, to... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, so, that's what we were joking with my, my partner. We were talking about our, our next game is called Shark Hunt. So, I'll just say it. So, I keep so I keep saying, our next game! It's called <laughs> Shark Hunt. We put it together, and we're going to order 10 prototypes from Gamecrafter. We know that they're going to cost us you know X dollars a piece, but then I went ahead and did the math. I'm like, what would five hundred be, and it's mm, like yeah. x minus like three dollars it's like that you can't <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like well, at a thousand you know, <laughs> but that's where like we where where I was saying though they there's a about five years ago, probably was the time for them to say this is we should make this move, and they didn't, and I think every year the the Barrier for entry for them it's just going to get higher for them to jump in whole hog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I like the Game Crafter; they're great for fast iteration, uh, play testing They're great for uh, like we have a deck building game we're working on, and so we're like not sure which cards will work. We're like, oh, yeah, we'll just print them all, and then <laughs> yeah, right, uh, we'll, right. you know we'll print them all, and then we'll just take out the ones we don't want. and that's, I mean, that's honestly how we got, uh, that game's called Pirates. That's how we got Pirates to where it is, is we we just ordered the original deck and we didn't like half of them. Then we were like, what about this? What about that? So we just like drafted up all of them and just ordered a whole new, you know, a whole bunch more. So this whole stack of more cards show up and then we were like looking through them and okay, we need to get rid of all these and add all these in and test that. Okay, so that, we're getting there. Let's add these in, take these out. Okay, you know. And GameCrafter for that is great. For prototypes, it's great because they are fast and you can get them in weeks versus months and get them into the hands of reviewers or other people uh, just to get playtests in. But I wouldn't go there for full production. If If my intent is to run a company, I am, with Bearded Board Games, we cannot do production through gamecrafter
1: yeah and if you're gonna use a distribution channel uh, and if you're trying to get into you know Walmart then that it's not even you know a, a remote possibility with something like gamecrafter you know but it, it is it remains a fascinating amazing tool I I, I buy stuff from them I buy just meeples uh, oh yeah from, from, from them and,
0: I've, I've, you know. I've completed games that I bought yeah. at a thrift shop by buying like you said i bought roads to complete a game for my wife like i bought the print and play so i had this big thing printed out but you really needed roads and what they sent you in the print and play obviously just a flat piece of paper you Mm -hmm. cut up i'm like i don't want a flat piece of paper (laughs) so i i got on gamecraft and ordered all these like you know black and purple roads so that we could play the game and Fine. You know, yeah, they're great to fix games. Um I fixed a game of uh of uh advanced to Monopoly. I was missing and I was missing the discs. So I just ordered wooden discs to complete the game, you know? And like you said, meeples. (laughs) You can order custom colored meeples. (laughs) Throw down your uh you can buy whatever colored meeples you want to go play Carcassonne.
1: Yeah, and they have big ones too, they have like twenty five or inch tall meeples. So I use those for figs for, you know, like, okay, who's Mr. Red and who's Mr. Green and who's Mr. Orange? And we, I use those for figs in D&D and Shadowrun and because you know, it's just <laughs> really handy.
0: You know? Your D&D boards, your yeah, <laughs> that's yes, awesome. I, I know.
1: And because you never, you never have the right fig for what the people are carrying anyway, you know, and so it might as well be a little abstract and it's hard to damage those acrylic meeples. So you can put them in a, you know, put them in a box, put other things in there and, that's
0: um, awesome you know, <laughs>
1: I saw a dude the other day at Planet Comic Con ring a and d game with bottle caps and I was like it was like you could I'm, you know because it's all abstract you know this is just this is where you are this is where you are And uh, I just never entered my mind into something that kind of low tech but very functional you know I just thought it was very very clever I gave it I walked up and I was I love this idea <laughs> you know,
0: love it exactly take it it's free <laughs> here all week
2: yeah,
0: yeah. that's awesome B- bottle caps for D D? no no that's the rogue bottle cap you need the orc <laughs> bottle cap <laughs> start judging based on which beer it is well, i don't know if that beer is strong enough to be an orc you <laughs> might want to find the guinness one for that guy <laughs> yeah exactly uh, well brad i'd like to thank you for coming on my show today it's been a, been a gas um I, I look forward to getting out to Midwest Game Fest whenever the stars align for it.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Yeah, I've been. I tried to go a couple years ago, and I couldn't get any. I, my partner and I couldn't get the finances together and the vacation days lined up. And mm. then last year, obviously, was a a punt. So one of these years, I'll get out there. I had it all. You know, I got friends on Kansas City, so I got a place to crash. <laughs>
1: Well we love to have you. Love to have you.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. It'll happen sometime. Make it into Geekway. We'll hang out. All right.
1: I will. Sounds good.
0: So if anybody wants to reach out to you, Brad, how can they find you
1: Midwestgamefest.org, right? On the web. Email at director at midwestgamefest.org. Also on Discord. Uh and honestly I don't know how to discover this on Discord, although there's a link at the website.
0: There there you go join the yeah. community. I like how important your email sounds as director.
2: Director.
0: Director. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it that way when you're typing it out. Director. Director. At Midwest yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't get through. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't say it with that, the computer knows. And as always, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame or email me at game at gmail.com and remember, board games build bridges. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.